Just go to the back of a creek. If you see dirty water against clear water, put trolling motor down and start. <laughs> well, doesn't the dirty water give you, as a fisherman, an advantage because you, the fish are reacting more yes. towards sound or just a quick reaction to sight as opposed to, oh, I Both. see this coming and it doesn't look right, so I'm just going to leave it alone? No, mostly it's, it's sight and sound. It's, it's something, especially if you bring it past a very quick or you drop it right in front of them and it a reactionary up, hit, yeah, right? Reactionary strike, reaction bites. What you yep. looking for? Yeah. And also, what we look for, if I may say, uh, when we pre-fished yesterday, when the wind picked up, that helped us tremendously. We could move closer to subject. Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand, walking in the early. Wise Eye presents. Welcome to American Roots Outdoors again. We are in the studio at K-Country 95 Thayer, Missouri. And as promised, we always try to deliver some of the best content, some of the best guests. We've got a great guest today. This guy is known for turkey hunting, deer hunting, fishing, uh, mentoring. Uh, what a great guest. Uh, just absolute bass fishing beast, Mr. Rick York. Welcome to the studio, Rick. Welcome. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta get you over here by the mic here. Okay. Yeah, so we can hear you. But uh, we're gonna talk about you in the second segment. The first segment here, we're gonna talk about uh, current events, everything going on here. But uh, want to welcome you to the show. Don't go away, everybody, because we're gonna interview this guy. You're gonna hear some cool stuff. Again, there, Beach Celebrity. Again, five years in a row. Five years in a row. Yeah. What's your take on the game, Redbone? My take on the game? Yeah. Uh, Thayer, play, Thayer played awfully well first half. Uh, then, you know, got a quarterback injured and our starting running back didn't play the second half. But, uh, yep, Bobcats are just really, really good. Yeah, their, their offense is super, super fast. I think, who they reminded me of their offense because it's so fast is Lamar. How quick they moved in the backfield in their plays. Then they would cut across and it would throw the defense off wing. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and through a 93-yard touchdown pass. I did hear that one. I wow. listened to you that night on the, listening to the game and that. And it's one thing I did pick up from the game is it seems that there was some speed on that end and some confusion because of the shifting and stuff that the defense had trouble well, did. trying to figure it out did. who who to cover and you know where what exactly was going on. Yeah. Well, the Bobcats, as you know, Alex. I mean, they got a Hall of Fame coach in Billy Weber. Oh, they got a, they got they got a Hall of Fame legend down there helping them and Coach Dave Meek. 90 years young and still walking the sidelines. I saw him. Yeah, yeah been, been in coaching over 60 years, and yeah. uh, they're just very well coached. And, and right now they're starting to kind of come into their own this year and kind of operating like a, just kind of a well-oiled machine. And they had a lot of returns, right? There's only a few seniors that left last year. Well, there, there were seven, which is a lot for a Class 1 school. Yeah. I mean, seven seniors is a bunch. But well, here's my take. Young kids just keep else. coming up. Yeah, We come out gunning. Well, first kickoff, we, we come in, we score a touchdown, we do the two-point conversion. Our momentum's rocking. Then all of a sudden, we start getting calls on us, and our momentum goes away. Yeah, the penalty, Bobcat, penalties killed Well, we had yeah. like 17 penalties. They only had like 14. six. Yeah. Okay. Six. Yeah. 14 yeah. penalties. That's, yeah, yeah, 14. Everybody had 14, but they it. But hard to win games when you when you create so many penalties. It does stop momentum. You know, it I don't does. think they was all good calls. But anyway, neither here or there. But uh, well, just ten, messed ten our of, momentum up. Well, 10 of them were illegal procedure. That's pretty easy to see. Yeah. Did I think the, intentional, grounding, a, that intentional grounding call was bad. No, Real it's bad. intentional grounding. 
No, that was bad. But anyway, no, we're not going to argue no, about well, it. No, I'm just, I was going to tell you, that rule does not apply, the NFL rule, in high school. If you're under duress and you throw the ball away, it doesn't matter where it is, it's intentional grounding. In high school. In high now, school. Now, in the NFL, you get outside the numbers, you can throw it out of bounds, as long as it crosses the line of scrimmage. It's not intentional grounding. Mm-hmm. But that rule does not apply in high school. No matter where you're and, at. And people don't understand that. That rule yeah. does not apply. Well, our momentum was broke up, then we just went to crap. So, 14 penalties to 6 penalties... That, 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 and that, you know, matter if you're in high school, college, yeah, or look, pros, it, it's going to stop your momentum. Yeah, but so. then, but look at the trend. I'm not being negative, but you know, you're trying to blame the, blame the officials. You had you had 13 penalties the week before, yeah. and you had 12 the week before that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a trend. And yeah. the boys will tighten up. I There's hope. a trend, and they'll get better. I yeah. mean, I talked to my Saturday. Said, "Oh man, we're we're." I said, "Oh, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine." Yeah, they'll they'll settle in. They'll and by the end of the season, I'm sure they'll be rocking and rolling. So yeah, and they might win that district again. You know, same right. same thing happened last year. Not playing the way we're playing right now. And then they went on and won eight in a row and won the district championship. So who promise you? Oh yeah, eight in a row. That's and right. I hope we do. I'm I'm a Liberty's true and blue, red, white, and blue. But mm-hmm. we've got to straighten a lot of stuff out for sure. But anyway, gigging season starts today, September 15th. We're in the studio. Rick York's in the house with us, and uh, archer season starts today. Well, it's been super dry. Food plots, my food plots are so-so. We need water on them Bad. big time. And uh talked to a lot of people, Redbone, Wayne, Rick, that's seeing baby pulp turkeys. I talked to conservation agent Brad Halley. goes, I don't care what anybody says. We had a good hatch in Shannon County. Well, that's good. We need them. Yeah. But I'm not seeing any young turkeys on me. I'm getting pictures of my wise eyes every day of hens and some, some jakes. But no, no baby pulse. pulse. No, at least you're at least you're getting pictures of turkeys. I don't even have that. Fawns. <laughs> I got fawns coming out the yin. Matter of fact, I took uh, today. Speaking of fawns, I had two fawns out in my front yard, like ten yards beyond my truck, feeding on the clover in my yard with my two goats. Mm-hmm. And it made a great picture. The four of them together because they're all Wayne about the same zoo. size. Wayne Locks Zoo. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna start crossbreeding if you don't watch out. <laughs> if you want to come to visit the zoo, come out north of Birchtree on County Road four fifty nine. Five dollars. Five dollars a head, quarter a bag for food. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and if you lift but the anyway, hay, I'll, I'll pay you. <laughs> people had some good dub shoots. I heard people talking about. Shooting lots of doves, had good hunts in Shannon County, uh, also in southeast Missouri. Them guys shooting lots of doves down there. Squirrel hunters are killing lots of squirrels. Uh, sucker fishermen are still catching fish. Uh, if you've never done that, guys, you don't know what you're missing. Rick yeah, have not done, done a lot yet. of it. Have not He's done, done a lot of it. It, 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 it is. And, and it, it's just a blast. It is. it is. Just sit there and watch the world go by. That's right. <laughs> and you just sit there and watch your pole like fishing for catfish. That's all you do. Flip it out with a worm with a big heavy sinker on it, throw it down the river, sit there and wank and drink your, your cool drink, whatever you're drinking, eat, talk loud. Don't got to worry about being quiet. I think my wife would like that when she could talk loud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad I'm not within striking distance. <laughs> but anyway, again, we've got a great show. We're going to interview Mr. Rick York, talk about his American roots. This guy, here's a little trivia for you here. Some of you may know of Mr. Rick York. He's born and raised in Donovan, Missouri. His roots run deep and strong over there with his brothers and mom and dad. And we're going to talk about that. But this guy fishes professionally. 
This guy, he didn't know it. This guy's won quite a bit of money. And guess who I'm fishing the charity tournament with Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alex wrote me into this. <laughs> so we're trying to get an advantage to try to win this tournament. I fished with a lot of people, though. But Rick took me yesterday. We pre-fished and on Norfolk, and we had over 14 pounds, probably close to 14 and a half. Had a good day for Norfolk. Yeah, we did. It had a real good day. Extremely hot, 90 degree temperature. Yes, it was. Them all day long. Yes, it was. We didn't catch a lot of fish, but we had quality. Oh, I should say, Rick had quality fish. <laughs> yeah, are they still on the issue with the no oxygen below 35 feet and all the fish are, yes. up, are up shallow? Kind of, sort of. <laughs> kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of. Don't tell them too much. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we're going to go to a break. Everybody, thank you for listening. Don't go away. We'll be back with more American Roots Outdoors interviewing Mr. Rick York talking about his American roots. You're going to learn some stuff about fishing. Hey, y'all, it's Tyler Farr, and you're listening to my good buddy, Mr. Alex Rutledge, on American Roots Outdoors. Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day? I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move. Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology? This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera? On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com. And how do I find out more information about these guys? You go to WiseEyeSmartCam.com. I'm using them. You should, too. Make your hunt easier. Use WiseEye. Up a big old hill. Year after year. Got my hunting gear. Hornady presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. We are in the studio. Uh, we talked about high school football first segment talked about gigging season archery season squirrel hunting dove hunting uh some local events birch tree had their big loggers day and wayne tell us about that how that all went over uh, i went fantastic uh, we had a uh, good turnout uh i guarantee there had to be a thousand people there that day and uh i think people after being cooped up for so long they were just itching to get out and do something and uh, we had the band a local band uh, of course they're you know, good yeah low on lincoln's uh, yeah low low on lincoln's. lincoln's let me Real tell you what they, they were good they were they really were good. phenomenal <laughs> we are we had our tent set up our booth set up just two two uh tents away from the uh, gazebo there yeah wayne and was boy, on the front row yeah i got yep front row tickets right there man it was great and uh, someone said there was over a thousand people came to birthday oh yeah Yep. Yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt it at all. And yep. and Christina said that they had a record amount of booths. They'd never had that many booths before. Yes. So, yeah, it was a great day. Yeah, we had good uh, good food vendors. We had uh, some great uh, giveaways that were going on uh, through the bank, through the chamber, the park board. Uh, well, you giving some away people... chainsaws, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. When you're, middle, <laughs> when you're in the middle of logging country and you're giving away steel chainsaws, that's a pretty good deal. And I always felt bad for the when they pulled the winner of the chainsaw. Because you had to be present to win. I heard Troy McAfee. Troy McAfee won it, and he wasn't there. He was he was out on the boat fishing, I think. Smallmouth Association tournament. I want to give a shout out. Excuse me for interrupting. A shout out to the winners that won this past week. I think the weight was right at a little over ten pounds that won it, 
and uh, Nick Black and Christopher Robertson. Now, two young men down there. Boy, they're, Again, they're the young it. ones are tearing it up this oh, year. they are, man. The young kids are learning. And, uh, and I'm sitting here with two guys with gray beards that are trying to do something this <laughs> yeah. weekend. So let's see how that goes. <laughs> let's kick this thing off. Rick. There you go. All right, Rick. Tell us about Rick York. Rick York from Donovan, Missouri. Yes, sir. Uh, born and raised in Donovan. Uh, lived there most of my life. Uh, hunted, fish. Dad always took time off. Take us hunting and fishing. Saturday mornings came. We were hunting or fishing. Yeah, so so you was born in Donovan, a hospital? A uh, yes, a hospital in Donovan. Okay, okay. Yes. So so the, how many brothers and sisters do you have? I have uh, three other brothers. Okay, and, and their names are? Uh, Mike, my oldest brother, uh, he was killed in a car wreck. But uh, my other brother, Monty, which is older than me. Now, I, walleye fish with him. He, yeah, he's, he's a walleye, he's a walleye fishing. Monty. He's a walleye fishing guy. He loves it. Yep. He loves it. And then I have a young brother that lives in Kentucky named okay. Eddie. Okay, so so you grew up in an atmosphere of outdoor hunting and fishing, and your dad, what kind of work did your dad and mom do? Uh, my dad was a TV repairman in Donovan for 47 years. So so time. you was telling me we was pre-fishing yesterday, he said my dad would go work all day at a job, then come back in the evenings and go to people's houses and <laughs> fix their TV. Yes. He'd do house calls. Yeah, he'd do house calls for TV. <laughs> Go replace tubes. Well, you had to back then because yeah. the TVs weighed seven hundred yeah. pounds. Yeah, they were. Yeah, it, it, you had to have a pickup truck to haul them. Yeah, in. You and sometimes just, with kids had to go help. Yeah, you couldn't just you know, put them in the back of the car no, and, and haul them no. over to the Radios, shop. Radios, everything on it, and everything. Yeah. yeah. You, you, I wonder how many listeners are going. What, what's a tube yeah, for, what's a, a for a TV? I mean, yeah. I, why did your TV <laughs> weigh seven hundred pounds? Yes, well, yes, it, well, it was. It was. There was very few times that he wanted to haul you know, all miss, those big TVs in to repair them. I miss those old TVs, though. As a matter of fact, I have. Uh, it doesn't have the TV in it, but I have the old console stereo. Oh, it's yes. got, you know, from it's. Uh, it was actually from 1954, yes. and uh, I still play records on it. I play oh, yes. all my vinyl on it, and it sounds better than anything they oh, make yes, today. Oh yes, they sure do. They sure do. Yeah, and I know they talk about and with TVs, you know, they talk about the HD and and you know the pictures are almost 3D. Oh yes. But sometimes I miss those little squirrely lines going across the oh, TV yeah. every once in a while. Yes. Yeah, and Dad would always have to, sometimes the colors would get off, and he'd have to take oh, a thing yeah. and oh, do yeah. that. Oh, yeah, get that contrast. Yeah. Yeah, get yeah. the screwdriver and get the little yeah. thing in there. Or, 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 do this, or do this number. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. knock, that knock would work. Worked a lot of times when you did that. Sure did. You Saved a house call. Can you guys remember the smell of them old TVs, though? Yeah. They had a smell about them. Yeah. yeah. When they'd warm wood, up. Wood cabinet kind of smell to yeah. them. Yeah. 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 And then yeah. they'd get warm and they'd smell like electronics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so, so you probably know a lot about those. So here's yeah. the ultimate question. Then we'll get on to the, the outdoor stuff. It just fascinates me. Uh, because I had somebody I worked with one time said those old TVs, those old tube-type TVs, you should never turn them off. Once that, you turn one on, you should never turn it off because the heating... And the cooling down of the yes. connections would yes. make them go bad. Would eventually make the connections go bad. Yes. Dad so, would take a soldering gun a lot of times, the little connections, and just put a little piece of solder back over a connection if yeah. you find the break. Yeah. Fix it right back. Yeah, but those old TVs, those yeah. old tube types, and even tube type stereos and radios, yes. you should never turn them off and on. Yeah. You should always just leave them on. Yes, it was. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so Rick, It just cost so your Rick. dad a lot of money. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if this was 1965. Yes. So, Rick, you're married. Yes, sir. Married, been married for 38 years. And to beautiful Manya. Yes. Yes, my wife. I met her. She lived in Gatewood. And I met her 
Long time ago. <laughs> a long time ago. Was your high school sweethearts? Uh, no, we both went to different schools, and I actually went to her senior graduation and met all of her parents first, and her grandparents, and other relatives, before I ever met her. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they did it back in those days. Red Bone Wayne. That's how they did it. Yeah. Yeah, I met him. Did they, did they uh, ask you, do you know how to hunt and fish? Uh, her grandpa did. Oh, her grandpa did. You had to hunt and fish to marry yes, a girl like mine. Yes, 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 very much so. Very much so. <laughs> and then he said, have I got a girl for you? <laughs> yes. Yep. And that's just, we just kind of hit it off. Yep. So hit how many children do you have? I have two children. I have a daughter that's 32, and she works for AirVac. And I have a son that's 28, and he works for uh, Hayden Company out of Springfield that does heavy construction. He's a diesel mechanic wow, and everything. Wow. So it sounds so, like all your kids have done pretty good for themselves. They've done really you've well been for good, themselves. You've been good parents. They've done really well for themselves. They're yeah. making a lot more money than Dad ever made. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell us, you born and raised in Donovan. We got that. You mm-hmm. went to school at Gatewood? No, I went to school at Donovan. Okay, did yes. you play sports? Yes, I played football in high school and ran track. Uh, I actually qualified for state track meet in 220-yard dash, and I used to run 100-yard dash, stuff like that. I could run a 10-flat 100-yard dash when I was in high school. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what about a 40-yard? Was you running back? Uh, I bet you no, I wasn't back. running back. No, I played, de- I played defense. I was the guy that after every— linebacker. Yeah, I was, I was played out in the, in the uh, defense and everything, and I was the guy that had to chase them down when they got through the line. <laughs> that was my job. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, if he's not a linebacker, he's got to be a nose tackle. Yeah. And, it, and you had to be a, 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 a weightlifter. In no, school too. I, no, when I was in school, when I was in high school, I weighed 125 pounds, sopping wet with my gear on. Okay, that sounds like me because when I graduated, I was 129. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, as we grow older, I think it gets I weigh 75 heavier. pounds. Yeah, yeah. As we grow older, it kind of catches up. <laughs> so you talk about that 10 flat in the, in the hundred. Yes. And, and in that day and time, that was that was, that was fast. That was That's fast. Today, yeah. not so much. No, no. I mean, these yeah. guys are running nine flat hundreds yeah. now. I used to could run a twenty three flat two twenty. Well, that's really good. Yards. That's really good. <laughs> so, have still have a lot of school records up there that still stand today. <laughs> so you 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 love sports. You love baseball, basketball, football, I, just anything, anything you can do outside, play whatever sports stuff like that. Okay. Well, everybody, we're gonna go to a break. When we come back, we'll be talking more with Mister Rick York about his American roots. We're gonna learn about. His first bass, his first turkey, first deer. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more American Roots Outdoors right after this. Hey, everybody. This is Michael Water with Bone Collector, and you're listening to my buddy Alex Rutledge on American Roots Outdoors, man. Don't miss an episode. Up a big old hill. Year after year. Got my Eagle Seed presents American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. We're in the studio with Mike, Alex, me, and Rick. Rick, when we left off the last segment, we were talking about you being on maybe a weightlifting team in that because you're built like a a brick house. (laughs) So we're going to roll right into some fishing here and some outdoor stuff. And I'm starting to wonder if you even use lures when you fish or do you just look over the boat and go, get in the boat! (laughs) Because if you told me, you would scare me and I'd jump right in. (laughs) No, I I use lures. I I love plastics. Uh, spinnerbaits is my thing. I love slow spinnerbait. 
just i had a buddy of mine named marvin deckard he's passed away but he taught me about spinnerbait fishing fishing shallow and love it just love it <laughs> do you like buzz buzzing too oh yeah buzz bait top water yes anything anything four foot or less i'm real happy with <laughs> oh yeah tell us about your first fish can you remember the first fish you ever caught in your life oh, gosh. who was you with when you caught that first bass probably my mom and grandma and we were probably fishing with crickets on a low water bridge creek and it's probably bluegill <laughs> pretty cool yeah yeah pretty and cool. everything so yeah. was it really big enough yet to go in the boat with dad and them uh you know like i said just you remember your first turkey first turkey was the first year that season opened i killed my first turkey did you shoot it from the truck or no <laughs> no not that one no i uh i actually had help my dad helped me call it up and i shot it uh once and then we had the chase and then we finally run it down and killed it kelly <laughs> <laughs> run us through the hunt real quick uh we just heard one we slammed a truck door like everybody does and heard one gobble and it wasn't very far and just luckily we snuck down there dad called on old box call old lynch box call and this turkey just come right up like nothing just like you know back then they wouldn't know what was going on oh yeah yeah, that was... What did you guys say to these listeners out here who's never had experience uh, hooking a big bass and he's pulling on your line oh, there's, and the turkey there's, goblin coming? No. A buck working a scrape in front of there, you. Well, there's you nothing like the excitement of it, guys. It's just it's just a fantastic. You know, your heart gets to racing. Um, you, just, you just get excited. And it's it's just fun. I mean, it's just good old fashioned fun. <laughs> it, is. it is. Who needs drugs when we got hunting? Oh and fishing? no, no. There's nothing like sitting there in a the turkey and all of a sudden you hear him gobble and he's behind you instead of front of you. <laughs> <laughs> then all of a sudden you hear. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep. That's the bad sound. That's the bad sound. Yeah. So now we know about your first turkey, your first bass, and some of your memories and. Just tell us where you're at now. I know you've been fishing tournaments, and, and you and I both had a very good friend that uh, God called home. Yes. yes and Mr. if you King get emotional, God. I understand That's about fine. getting emotional because he was one of your best friends. And yes. l- l- let's talk about that. You and him fished a lot of tournaments together. And how many championships or how many trophies do you think you and Mr. Kenny Hunt won together? Oh, gosh. I couldn't tell you. 30-plus trophies probably. One we had one angler of the year. Uh, the last year he was there, we won angler of the year before he passed away. Uh, just I knew Kenny. Him and his dad and my dad were best friends when we grew up as kids. Uh, we used to hang out and hunt together in the woods. Uh, you know, I, I've known him all life. Him and Mister Hunt and uh, my brother were best friends in high school, and that's how I really kind of got to know him. And it was it was just one of those deals. Me and him got to start to fish together, uh, and just it just worked. It's <laughs> just one of those things. It just worked. We just knew where this person was going to throw and that person was going to throw before you ever even put the button. So when you're floating down the river, listen to this, Wayne. You're going to love it. When you're floating down the river and you say you come up to a root one, you told me yesterday, you said, Kenny always knew I got the left, he got the right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would always throw in front of the root wad. I knew he was going to throw right behind it. Then I hit the middle of the log, and he would always hit the end. Didn't even have to ask. Didn't even say where you were going to throw. We just knew that. It was just, 
regular clockwork. <laughs> so I was going to say, it sounds like a, a good marriage. It was. It really, it really was. We spent a lot of time together. Lots of time together fishing. Well, just making a good, you're just making a good team. Yeah, it I mean, is. I mean, that's becoming yeah. a good team. It's, like, and it's just like playing football. Yeah, yes, or, or baseball, basketball, anything. You you become when a you, team when you know what the other person is going to do ahead of times. It helps. It helps football, baseball, sports, anything. Turkey hunting. You know, you know when Alex is going to call, and when somebody's not going to call, you know where you know you know when it's going to happen. Yeah, if my you, wife doesn't know much about me. She never knows when I'm going to come home to eat or when I'm on time. <laughs> I'm getting in trouble, ain't I? Yes, no. you, you, you are. Alex, she does know. It's always late. That's. <laughs> I got, hey, I got to work, man. I'm working yep. plumb daylight to dark almost every day doing something. Yep. But anyway, I say that, Linda. Please don't be don't mad. Don't get mad. <laughs> but anyway, back back to your, your, your tournament fishing. Uh, grew up in Dolphin. You learned to fish. Man, you, you got an obsession for it. Then you thought, well, I'm going to take the leap of faith and start fishing professionally. Let's talk about that. Yes, I, I started be fishing BFLs. And uh, and what is BFL? Uh, Bass Fishing League and everything. Uh, it's just a pro-am set, turkey, circuit. Uh, you show up. You don't know who, what amateur you're going to fish with. It's draw tournaments. Um, they were, at that time, they were running 200 bucks a pop for a tournament. And, uh, you know, you just... I tried my hand at that, and I, I enjoyed it. I did win a lot of money doing that, but I was always up there, you know, high enough up to make regionals and different places and stuff and everything. So it just, I don't just love it. I just enjoyed it. Yeah. Got where I couldn't play basketball. Got too old. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't play football anymore. So, you know, it's, just, it's a sport. It's something to do. It's competitiveness. Uh, I enjoy that part of it. You know. Let's talk about uh, your mentorship that you've done with some kids. You you got into taking high school kids or some kids fishing, I believe you told me. We're going to go to a break. Let's hold on a minute. Let's okay. go to a break. When we come back, we'll talk okay. about it. Think about it. Everybody, don't go away. When we come back, we're going to talk about his mentoring to young kids and taking them and teaching them how to fish. You're listening to America Reach Outdoors. We'll be right back with more after this. This is Brenda Valentine, and you're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Around your heart, so you never gotta worry what the wind might do. American Hi, everybody. This is Alex Rutledge with American Roots Outdoors. How many of you need an attorney? If you're like me, sometimes you do. I go to Zane Prevet at the Prevet Law Office. Willow Springs, Missouri, no case is too big or too small. You can call Zane at 417-469-3535. Zane Brevet at the Brevet Law Office. This is Alex Rutledge, and he is my attorney. Ride on Optics presents... Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors, man. We're having a great time here in the studio, Wayne Redbone, with uh, Mr. Rick York. And uh, we left off in that segment about your mentoring of young kids. Let's talk about that. And uh, you're going to share some trips, tricks, and secrets in the bonus segment of the podcast. Maybe a few during this segment of catching fish, how to adapt to fishing. But let's talk about this mentoring to high school kids. Um, 
since I've joined the uh, Bass Nation down in Arkansas and everything, which I'm a member president of the NEA Bass Nation, um, they we've helped uh, kids get into bass fishing. Uh, I've got a kid in Cherokee Village, name of uh, of Jeremiah Pro. And, Hi, Jeremiah. And then uh, there was uh, Uriah Denny from Maynard. Those two boys teamed up, and I helped them this year. Uh, Work their circuits and everything, and they actually qualified for the BASS high school nationals wow. and everything. And uh, we got to go to Chickamauga, and there was 312 boats, and it kind of got to them just a little bit because they were kind. Of, when they seen three, they had never seen 312 boats, and it the nerves got to them. They they caught fish, but they just didn't get them in the boat. Well, that's that's called welcome to the big leagues on that one, Mike. I, you're over there itching. I think you got something. You're you're well. Well, we'll, we'll continue with the subject. And before we get done, I do have one question about uh, fishing the pro ams. But but anyway, go yeah. ahead with uh, because this this is a sport that's catching on in high schools oh, across the country. It, it, it's growing like crazy. High school right now is the biggest thing going out there in fishing, and it, and it's awesome that it is. I mean, if we do not teach these kids to hunt and fish, we're going to be lost. Yeah. Us old guys that have done it all our life. Come on, it's, come on, it man. is. Preach it, man. Yeah, I know. You know, it's just it's we got to we got to show our grandparents. Parents showed us. You know, the same thing. Okay. That's that. And, and 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 kudos to the schools that are allowing this oh, to happen. That's if, uh, because I, th- I think some of these schools they see the benefits as well. Sure, sure. The kids have got to have something to do. They just do. You keep. Cute kids, they'd had this in school. I'd have made a lot better grades. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would have too. I'd never stepped to go do things. And we got to give a shout out to all the parents that allow this because yes, we've yes. had Hannah and Savannah on. Uh, they were in uh, the Kansas City area high school, yes. and they were uh, you know two young girls that are doing the fishing tournaments yes, out of I've high school. And they that. was beating a lot of boys. Oh, Did you, are you listening? They to were cleaning show? house, and I love watching them and yep. following them on Instagram and that. And, and you know, if you guys ain't following them, you need to get on there and, and follow them. But uh, those girls are tearing it up, and uh, you know, kudos to the parents. No, it just doesn't have to be boys. We've got girls that fish there. Oh, yeah. We've actually in our club, we've got a husband and wife team that fishes. I love wow! It. I love and you know, and, and even to go a step further, some of these kids are getting their college education paid for because so many universities now. And Gary Mason, our buddy Gary Mason, you Bethel know, University, Bethel University, you know, former you know multi-time national champions, and there are more and more schools, colleges every year oh, that yes. are offering. Bass fishing as a curriculum yeah. and on scholarship. I mean, yes. these kids are getting full scholarship, four full years. scholarship, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, that's just amazing. Yeah. You know, mom and dad, no brain damage like football. No, no, huh? no. I mean, mom, mom, and, mom and dads, if, if you're thinking about your kid going to college and they're a pretty good fisherman, you you, you need to get them out on the water because yes. you can save yes. a lot of money. Yes, it's yeah. it's it, and it's a lot easier on the wear and tear. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> hey, I, 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 we got just a few minutes here left. Here, how many minutes we got? Three. Uh, about five. About five minutes. Uh, I want you to share some tips with some of our listeners here. When you go to fish an area, let's say uh, you've never been there, um, what are the things you look for to well, try to make a pattern? Well, I'm just an old river fisherman where I grew up and learned. And river. Yep. And about the first thing I go look for is where's the biggest creeks and rivers in all alike? And that's what I go look for. That's where I'm comfortable fishing. Um just, you know, they seem to be easier pattern. Uh, it's just, <laughs> Alex is shushing me, but anyways. <laughs> <laughs> well, he but, it, but it is, it is, it's just easier to figure out. It's what I've, what I've done all my life. I've, you know, I've fished for 50 plus years 
and it's just it's just easier to do. You take so, a great so big lake, a, and it's hard a, to figure you out. Use a graph. Use a graph. Oh, I still use to a graph. Find the channel swings. Do yeah. you believe in fishing bluffs and stuff yeah. like that? Yeah, still bluffs, channel swings. You know, the colder weather, they're further down the creeks. You know, in the deeper water, and everything. It just that's just how it works. Uh, it, it's worked out really good for me through all these years and stuff and everything. And it's a lot easier than some trying to find 5,000 acres and figure out where to go. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly right. right, So I have one question going back to the years you were fishing the Pro-Ams. And and I always think about this in Pro-Am golf tournaments and everything. Mm -hmm. Did you ever, did they ever put you up with an amateur and you spend the day fishing and at the end of the day you go, man, I hope this guy doesn't turn pro. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, yes. you've yes, I been have. Put, put I have. with amateurs that were really good. Yes, I have and everything. One of the first guys I fished with and everything, uh, we was on a pretty good pattern, and he actually caught bigger fish out of the back of the boat than I did that day. Oh, wow. And took a check, and I didn't. Wow. <laughs> that didn't so, happen to me yesterday. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, uh, it is. It is. It's a, The amateur part is a good learning curve, too, for people Absolutely. to get in and everything i think that's how rick clun if i remember right that's how he kind of got discovered he was just tearing it up as an amateur mm-hmm. and someone finally said you know dude you it's time to turn pro yeah uh, but he was doing the same thing you know he was fishing with pros and he's out fishing the pros yes yeah i mean that's just you know it's an expensive sport when you get way up the line and everything so you just kind of have to hang in there where you can hang in <laughs> Well, you know, we've talked about a lot of things here, and, and here's a question for you here. I know you love throwing spinner baits. You love to throw down baits, too. You can't fool everybody because you're not just one bait. So no. we can't lie to people, which you're no. not lying, but no. we, we can no. reveal a little bit. Sure. You love to throw a jig. You love to throw a tube. You love to throw soft plastics. You love to throw spinner baits. You love to throw top water. Uh, what advice have you got for any young people that may be listening to this show that wants to get started into tournament fishing? Uh, mostly, um, just put a lure in your boat. Don't think anything else and just go master that one lure at a time. That's, that's the best way to do it. Just leave everything else at home. Put that one jig in the boat, you know, handful of jigs. Don't say that. And and, well, then just go fish and go fish it till you're good at it. Same way spinnerbait. Next day, next time you go, leave everything else at home. Take that one bait. Get good at that one bait. It it just really helps confidence levels and everything. It is confidence is everything. It is. It's confidence yeah. is eighty five percent efficient. Yeah. yeah, you know. Doesn't that sound a lot like how we talk about turkey hunting? You know, we tell these yeah. young kids just find that one call that you know how to do mm-hmm. and just master it. You'll learn the Have rest later. In it. Right. You'll learn like, the rest it's like later. Your favorite but, gun or right. your favorite fishing boat. Same. It's all. What's what's you, what's your com- best using? Is the best tool you put in your hand is the best tool you're going to work with. Let's talk about a friend of yours, a good friend of mine, Tommy Dalton. Oh, yes, sir. Mr. Tommy Dalton. Yes, he's he's a he's one of your partners in fishing yeah, river time. I fish time a lot with Tommy and everything. Still do when he's not working on the farm, which he's putting up hay right or now. Saw so, or or logging. sawmilling or logging or hauling cattle or yeah. Tommy. Tommy does it all and he everything. Does. When Tommy gets time, why this winter we're going to do a bunch more fishing because <laughs> yeah. we oh, haven't yeah. had. To. I love Tommy and his beautiful wife and his yes. family down there. And yes. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here. We've got about a minute and a half left here. And I want you to think about this. And I want you to end the radio show to all the listeners that remember old Kenny. This is kind of a memoriam for Kenny. Memorial. Let's talk about 
him when he first started river fishing. Because back when you and him first hooked up, you had to catch 12 keepers. Remember how you said that? Tell everybody about how Kenny, oh, we got to keep going, how fast he was. You had to slow yeah. him down. Yeah. When, when, when he first started fishing, of course, he had to have 12 fish. Well, it was always a chore to catch 12 keepers. But when they started dropping the limits, especially when they started dropping the limit to five, and the weigh-ins. And, yeah. the, and the weigh-ins and stuff and everything. It, it was just, you had to make him understand that he couldn't <laughs> catch 12. You had to catch five, and you could had to slow down. So many people like Alex would love seeing Kenny come down the river 100 miles I an would. Hour I loved it. Because they I know thought, oh. he was passing those bigger yeah, fish up. Yeah. And once we got to slow down, and, I mean, we just we had a good time. in. We always caught a ton of fish, but I just we just really did, you know. Had a good time. Caught a lot of big fish. Lots of big fish. In closing here, what's your last words you want to say about old Kenny? Um, you know, Mr. If he's Oka. listening, if, he, if he's, what you know he's listening. Oh, I know. What have you uh, got to say to Kenny right now? Uh, bud, one of these days we'll get together and go again. It's just that simple and everything. So I just, you know, he's just a good old boy and there's a lot of them. I've had several. I've had three other partners I've had fishing that have passed on and can't wait to get up and fish with him one of these days again. Not no hurry, but can't and wait I must to go. say, he mentioned that to me while we was fishing yesterday. I thought, dude, I don't know if I want to fish with you or not. I'm not ready to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, anyway. I want to know if he's up there catching 12 fish or five. That's <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's good. Everybody, we want to thank you for listening to American Roots Outdoors. And again, thank you, Rick, for being You're a welcome, wonderful guys. guest. Enjoy a wonderful it. guest. We've got a bonus segment coming up, and uh, Wayne's going to tell you about the bonus segment. But I, I, I want to give you a new nickname. Okay? Uh-oh. I'm going to give you a new nickname. You know what your new nickname is? And Everything. That's your new nickname. <laughs> and Everything. So I'm, that's what I'm calling you. I'm going to get you a shirt, man. It says And, and everything. everything. And I love it because it's your trademark. Yeah, just, Wayne? Yep, I agree. And uh, folks, to listen to this, because it's going to continue on, uh, you just got to go to your favorite podcast carrier, on, uh, whether it be uh, Apple Podcast or Spotify or Google Podcast. They're, we're on every single podcast you can find right now. So uh, make sure that uh, you go on there, subscribe, and uh, leave a review. A five-star review would be great. We're going to be drawing another winner. Uh, if you haven't seen our post today, the winner of the True North Tree Stand was yeah. posted on Doug today. Ball. Doug, yep, Douglas Ball won it. And hey, would you give away one of your handmade spinner baits to a winner? I think about that. <laughs> no, no, I, I'll, I'll fix something up. We'll do something. Give a spinner bait away and sign the blade of it for somebody. All right, there you go. That sounds like a, yeah. We'll, we'll put a contest together for that then. But uh, folks, just uh, tune in to uh, to hear the rest of this over to your favorite podcast carrier. Everybody, you're listening to American Roots Outdoors. Remember, share the outdoors with somebody you love. Spend the time with a family member or friend and pass on the true love that we have for the outdoors. Boys, what's our old saying? When your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. So you never gotta worry what the wind might do. American Roots. Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. There we go. Denali Rides presents American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. This is Wayne Locke. I got Mike Chris in the studio. Alex Rutledge, of course. And Rick is back with us. Rick, 
when we left off, we were just starting to talk about some techniques and stuff, and then Alex, he shut you up about it. <laughs> but I don't think this is going to air until everybody's already on the water tomorrow or, or Saturday. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that one. So, but the, but the 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 podcast won't be released till Saturday afternoon. So yeah, you have no worries about le- leaving okay. any tips. Alex, so this is all tips. Seg- yes, <laughs> this is all going to be about tips, tricks, and techniques on this segment because nobody's going to hear it before the tournament's over. So. Except for the next tournament. Well, yeah, but that, that, who cares about that one? Then? <laughs> but uh, you know, let's start with some tips and tricks here. What do you think? Uh, what's your biggest tip you got to new folks that you can give? Now we did talk about doing the getting a, picking a lure, Just, get, sticking with it, lure, learning it, used to it, uh, mastering that one lure, you know, and everything. Just and then that way, uh, you know, you master three or four lures, and those patterns, you know, somewhere they will work on a lake. And everything they just will and uh, I'm, i would have to agree with them on that because i had a black fury that's one of the lures i i learned to use to catch bass up in ohio that's right and so it was can't use that oh i'm sorry it was uh <laughs> and it and it was i i mastered that one and i would catch fish left and right and then finally i said you know i'm gonna go to a crankbait and then i, I switched to a crankbait put the black fury to the side until i mastered the crankbait but i, I know exactly what you're talking about yeah it, it just i don't know it, it makes everything just so much easier when you go out. If this isn't working, it's okay. Like we can fall back on this. If we just isn't working, we can fall back on that. Um, still, in most of the lakes, though, there's always fish shallower than four foot of water. You yeah. just have to find them. Yeah, it's and that's not really everywhere. Key. That's really the key, and it? It's it is finding the it's, fish. It's finding the fish. Finding the finding the bait is the most thing. You find the shad, you'll find the fish. And everything. Now, whether you make them bite or not is just fishing, <laughs> as everybody knows. That's that's where the guesswork yeah, comes. That's in. where the guesswork comes in. But you you have to find the bait. Um, you know, if you're fishing deep bluff walls, stuff like that, and everything, um, crawdads. You know, you're looking for crawdad bait. These fish are eating crawdads. Uh, fish up on flats, gravel flats, stuff like that. They're eating crawdads too, but they're looking for shad. They're looking for something to chase. And everything. We seen several fish yesterday up chasing shad out in the middle of nowhere. Deep 60, water, 80 foot of water. Deep water. Did we say that? Deep water. Deep water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've seen several schools of fish out deep chasing balls of shad. I just want to say this. The fish are in different types of water, guys. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to tell you everywhere. that. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere. But, but it's just like he said. Find a favorite bait you like. Have confidence in that bait. And go to the type of water you like to fish. If they're not in the type of water you like to fish, then go to resort to different types of water. So if you to break down a lake, what different types of water are they? Kind of like river fishing. Let's talk about different types of water. Um, of course, you got your creeks, channels, backs of creeks, fresh water coming in. That's a lot of places where I look first. Um, then you can pull back out of your creeks towards the main lake. Start looking for your bluff walls, swings, long gravel roll-off points. Um, and then staging, the, areas. staging areas, yeah, where they've come from the back out or where they're going from the front to the back. Halfway stuff. River fishing. What different types of water are they in river fishing, in your opinion, your perspective? Uh, fast water. <laughs> I love fast fishing water, fast water. Pockets. pockets behind logs. Little deep, Slow dark, current. little deep, dark pockets behind logs. Ideal spot chunk. to catch that big smallmouth. Rock chunk. Rock chunk bluffs. Low current, swift rock chunk. Yes, more in the wintertime. Bluffs, so. stiff. Yes. Uh, steep, deep bluffs. Yes, in the wintertime, that's the kind of stuff to look for. 
Um, there's still fish up shallow in the wintertime that people promise will not you. believe. Promise you. I've beat Alex a time or two doing that. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I'm out looking for the deep stuff in the winter and messing up. <laughs> I know guys that catch them in the wintertime, two and three foot of water on a rogue. I'll catch one too. Three foot of water. Now I got a question for you. Do you guys do you play the thermals coming in from those creeks into the lakes? Because I know like after a rain the night before, if it rained the day before, it does change the thermals for those creeks coming in on the undercurrent and that. Is that something you pay a lot of attention to? Not so much as the color of the water. Uh, okay. I watch the color of the water more than anything. I, I like dirty stained water. Uh it just the fish are shallower. They're easier to catch. They don't spook as easy. It's just it's just easier. It's a little easier fishing, fishing dirty water. Yeah, and, ca- and, and, like and kind of fish that line where yeah. I mean, where, where the where the stained water and the, and the clear water are coming together. What a great place yeah. to catch. That's fish. That's an awesome place to start. That's always go to the back of a creek. If you see dirty water against clear water, put trolling motor down. And start. <laughs> well, doesn't the dirty water give you as a fisherman an advantage because you, the fish are reacting more yes. towards sound or just a quick reaction to sight as opposed to oh, I oh. see this coming and. It doesn't look right, so I'm just going to leave it alone. Yeah, mostly, it's, it's sight and sound. It's, it's something, especially if you bring it past a buyer quick, or you drop it right in front of them, and it... A reactionary hit, yeah, right. Yeah, reactionary strike. Reaction bites, what you're yeah. looking for. Yeah. And also, what we look for, if I may say, uh, when we pre-fished yesterday, when the wind picked up, that helped us tremendously. We could move closer to subject matter, rocks, logs, okay, stick-ups, whatever... If we can get closer without spooking fish. Breaks up the water, breaks up the silhouettes of your body and stuff. The river fishing especially, uh, that clear water river fishing, you, you want to try to keep your silhouette broke up and everything. It's keep, the sun to your, keep the sun to your back. It's amazing. The fish can see you up there. <laughs> I saw when, when Rick York is going to go fishing and he's not fishing a tournament, he just wants to go out and spend a relaxing day. What kind of fish are your favorite to go after just to relax? Crappie. Crappie, really? Yes. Yes. I, I, uh, the buddy of mine at uh, Marvin Deckard from Truman Lake, he was a guide up there for many years, and he was a crappie guide, and he got me to crappie fishing up there. And in the summertime, when the water temperature gets up in the mid-90s, you can go up there and crash crappie in 8 to 12 foot of water on every cedar tree you want. Wow. And, you know, right right now, Lake Norfolk, I mean, the, yeah. at least two weeks ago, they were catching yeah, those 15, 17-inch yeah. crappie they was all day ones. long. Yes. Yeah. That's a big I, slab I, that's crappie. My, that's my fun. That's <laughs> yeah. that's what I like to do when I'm just fun. Just go enjoy the day. Enjoy the day. And then saw an article just the other day, and, and I don't know if I want to repeat this or not, because we kind of like to keep Norfolk like it is, but they called Norfolk the crappie gem of the United States. There's a lot of big crappie there. There's a lot of big crappie. <laughs> big crappie. I'm not. I'm not big, going, like six I, and seven inches, right? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I do have a question about lure selection. When you're hitting a new lake and you're fishing, you're like, "Hey, this is the colors. These are the, the lures that they should be hitting on." When they're not, you reach into your box and say, "This is a lure that you." I, I've never. I'm sure these fish have never seen on this lake, and find that you have luck with it. Oh yes. A lot of these fish get adapted to seeing the same old chartreuse white spinnerbait day after day after day or or the same old brown and green orange jig day after day. Yeah. And you can put something different out in front of them, 
and just have a bang-up day. Because I think one of these days, Alex and I are going to have to get out there fishing because I'm going to open my tackle box up and I have all these lures from Ohio that these fish, I guarantee, have never seen <laughs> the color choices that I've put on I got here. Busted by, <laughs> I won't see that day because he ain't hunted or fishing. Oh, I got to get out there. I know. And he still lives across the street. <laughs> the road. He, he can't. I I don't live across the street. I live across the road. Alex, and he needs to learn how to talk right because he keeps saying street. Whether it's gravel or pavement. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> he hey, came over today, and I was in there cutting cutting up cedar floors today all day today. He was food plots, and he was confused which food plot I was going to do, and he didn't have it bush all yeah. Anyway, I'm always going to bust his butt. But anyway, I want to thank you, Rick, for being on this. Thank show. you, guys. I've enjoyed it. A very unique. Uh, person and you've done an excellent job and I think uh, our listeners got to listen to somebody that's genuine and down to earth. You're just an old common country just boy. Just an old country boy. Yeah. Just and enjoy you it. love what you do. Let's talk about your love of that. We need to wrap it up right now. Uh, like I said, just the outdoors, guys. Uh, that's the future of these kids. They've got to have something to do and you're going to have to, we're going to have to teach them to make them, to make them understand. Yeah. What about your creator? What do you say about our country? Uh, it's just one of these, you know, everybody, God looks after us. Uh, I know a lot of things are going wrong in this world, but it's, uh, it's, it, it'll be okay. We'll, we'll be there. Um, like I said, it's, it's just what it is. So um, I thank for you all for having me. We've enjoyed it and everything. By the way, your voice says the most important thing fish with my dad is you got to carry an extra prop hub and the wrench to change it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a that's whole other yeah, show. Yeah. That's another story we don't have. <laughs> Everybody, thank you for listening to American Roots Outdoors again. Go like our podcast and give us a, a review, please. And we're going to give away one of Rick York's signature series homemade spinner baits to some lucky listener. Thanks for listening again. Wayne Locke. When your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. <laughs>